Hello and welcome to Unfiltered with Alexandra, a show for anyone interested in healthy lifestyle and positive mindset. Broaden your perspective by listening into casual conversations and unfiltered real talk I have with people that inspire me. Many of them I've met on my travels around the world. Those who don't believe in magic will truly never see it. These words can be overheard by Tanita Boswell from Cape Town, South Africa. She's a self-thought plant-based cook with a real taste for life. Through her own healing journey, she started to create a mindful relationship with food and her body, which led her to the creation of her own company, Herbie Raw. Her aim is to inspire everyone to eat more plants and to look further than the food on their plate by leading a conscious lifestyle. A mermaid, a moon child, and a beautiful soul, let's dive into this conversation. Okay, Tamita, welcome uh, to Unfiltered with Alexandra. Today we have a talk with Tamita Boswell. Uh, Tamita, for me, she is, hmm, how do I describe you? I'm going to say, um, <laughs> you learned me how to mermaid. Uh, yes. You are the sure. princess in the vegan kitchen. Um, Thank you. <laughs> We've met in Sri Lanka and right now you are in South Africa and I am in the Caribbean and, you know, the technical world is quite magical to bring us together again. Um, would you like to introduce yourself shortly? Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. So, um, okay, I'm 27 years young, uh, born and bred in Cape Town. And yeah, I would consider myself an eco warrior, an eco fairy, a food fairy. Actually, you a gave food me that fairy. name. Yes, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm an eco warrior and a food fairy, and most certainly a mermaid by choice. I um, yeah, I'm super passionate about our earth, and I have a business, a brand called Herbie Raw, and it's basically just like a lifestyle brand, and I focus on the earth, how to protect it, how to conserve it, igniting other eco-warriors in the world. And I'm extremely into health and um, yeah, holistic health and conscious cooking. That's predominantly what my brand is about. And it's my whole ethos in life, really. So um, yeah, that's, that's me. A, hey? That's a little bit. Where, where does this come from? Is it like something that you already had like when you were younger or is, has this evolved over the last uh, maybe a couple of years? So um, without delving too deeply, I um, I was never really like health conscious. We was just like a normal family, grew up in like a normal family, eating normal food. And I was quite overweight when I was in school. And at matric, when I was in my last year of school, I weighed the most I've ever weighed in my life. And when I left, in my last year of school, my parents got divorced. And in that divorce, I kind of lost control of majority of my life. So I became very controlling in my food mm. and I, I developed uh, a restrictive uh, eating disordered way of eating. Mm. And uh, then, and that was when I was like 19, about in like my 19th year of life. And towards the end of being 19, I started up in a clinic with a whole bunch of other women and yeah, at 20, I decided to go plant-based. Um, I had, I was diagnosed with PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome, yeah. which is just on your ovaries. Um, I didn't get my period for like two or three years. I was very inconsistent with my menstrual cycle. 
And a lot of the research that I was doing was was directing me into a plant-based diet. And I was reading a lot of success stories and I thought, mm. oh, I'll give it a 30-day vegan challenge. I'll give it a bash. Yeah. And through, so obviously coming from a restrictive eating disorder, I I you know, I was very cautious about what foods I could and couldn't eat. And being plant-based just allowed me to just focus on eating fruit and vegetables. And I wasn't really focusing on what I could and couldn't eat, like no mm. carbs or no sugar or things like that. It was just like, I just focused my whole life on fruit and vegetables. And it allowed me to be like a lot more gentle on myself. Yeah. And my body responded really well to it. Um, I put on weight in like a good way. And um, yeah, my I just started getting more energy. I started feeling really good. And then I got my period back. And uh, once I had gotten my period back, I just knew that like this was the path for me. You know, I was yeah. it's ignited my healing journey back to myself. And yeah, I just really, really enjoyed the relationship I now have with food. I started to like just enjoy food and not fear it, which was yeah one of the the biggest pinnacle points in my life for sure. That's really interesting to hear that. Um, how you arrived into let's say the vegan journey because I've, I've yeah. spoken to quite a lot of people and everybody has their own um, motivation to start mm -hmm. on the vegan path and how they arrived there and for you it's beautiful to see that you uh, were able to stay gentle with yourself not being too yeah. harsh seeing your history before that mm -hmm. um, so ever since basically everything around what you eat, what you consume, uh, as in food-wise, everything is like vegan. Um, how did you come like so magical in the kitchen? And this is just what I'm saying. Like, you know, when I arrived in Sri Lanka, uh, all the meals that you served us there at that retreat center, um, they were just, everything like was balanced. And what you say, you just do a little drizzle of this and a drizzle of that. <laughs> and then you're like, okay, how can somebody talk that like or, or about food? I thought that was like certainly magical. I love food for sure, um, but never fell in love with uh, so much in love with dishes as you served them there. Where did that Thank come you. from? So um, yeah, I mean, my, when my parents got divorced, it was kind of just me and my dad, you know. So I was forced to start cooking and getting experimental and then when I went vegan I knew absolutely no one on this earth that mm. was vegan I knew okay. no one I no one resonated I could not resonate with anyone I just had to start getting like super experimental because it now wasn't chicken or beef it was like eating random weird stuff like quinoa and stuff I'd never really eaten before and mm. most things weren't even on the shelves back when I first decided to go plant-based And uh, yeah, it was just me getting experimental in the kitchen. And I've always loved food. I always had a very weird relationship with food. And um, I just, yeah, started to realize that food was the flavor elevator of life. <laughs> and I just had to, you know, combine different things and different flavors and eat the rainbow. It was always my yeah. goal was to eat as many different colors as possible. And mm. with that, yeah. you know, you have to get experimental because a lot of your food can be like yellow um, and or like orange and yellow. There's not that yeah. many other like cool magical colors. And I just 
wanted to feel vibrant and I just knew that you are what you eat like when I see a beautiful plate of colorful food like it makes me feel so delicious inside you know <laughs> yeah because this is as well uh related to the south african eating culture i don't think there's a lot of plant-based it's all evolving around no meat. not at all it's very very meat-based yeah like the, the quality of meat in my country is relatively good compared to other countries yeah. you know it's a lot of grass-fed meat it's very accessible like it's an afrikaans like you know, background, everyone is very much into their meat. Like a food meal isn't complete if it doesn't have meat. You know, that's the mentality of majority of South Africans still. Yeah. Okay, cool. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, if you go into uh, the concept of living well, because I think that is what uh, we as human beings are all thriving for, to live well. Um, yeah. Is there anything that you do on a daily basis uh, to keep you uh, like mind, body and soul in that healthy place? Like, okay, the nourishment, yes. Uh, anything else that you do on a daily basis or frequently during the week? Yeah, so I would say frequently during the week because I come from um, – different mental challenges I find when I put pressure on myself to do things daily mm. it becomes tasks and it doesn't actually serve me and the way that my mind works mm. so I have numerous modalities that help me throughout the throughout the week but predominantly is of course my nutrition and uh, fruit fruit is like a big thing for me um And just getting in as much fruit as I can in the mornings. So that's like what makes me feel really good and hydrated. And I start off my days really well. Because if I start my days off feeling like heavy and sluggish, I feel mm. like that throughout the day. Yeah. So fruit allows me to just feel like rejuvenated and like really good inside. Um, of course, nature. Mm. Uh, I all I really do have a deep connection to nature and Whether I'm in the forest, walking or dipping in the ocean, I make a concerted effort to come back to myself. And that is through connecting nature in nature. Um, and yeah, over the last, I'd say about eight months, I've uh, finally settled in Cape Town. So I've been able to start my dream weaving, which is probably the only thing I do on the daily however there's no like rules and regulations to it I have like an altar a dream weaving altar and it's mm, just like yeah. a collaboration of all of my dreams and all of like my all of the things that are helping me see the bigger picture so throughout the day like I don't necessarily try and look for something but something always happens or comes into my life and I can add it to my dream altar so like that's a really big thing for me like little souvenirs or mantras of the day or affirmations or yeah. meditations and yoga anything that you know throughout the day has served me I add it to my dream altar because uh, I have my dreams like envisioned you know yeah That's, so, well, sometimes it, 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 it helps a lot to have things uh, visually in front of you uh, instead of only in, you know, inside the head, inside the mind. Um, we need to get things out in the open. And when we have a visual in front of us, even if it's like a photo, a memory from something, uh, it yeah. works a lot intense uh, more strongly on that. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. So, so like I, I have a, like a picture of me as a young child for like my inner child work, mm-hmm. you know, um, I have lots, like I have actual dream catcher there too. And I just basically have, have written down achievable dreams. They're very, very small dreams. Yeah. It's not about the future. It's not about the big dream. It's like the small day to day daily achievements. Mm-hmm. And because I can see them and I can see my successes, it allows me to feel like I'm on the right path because instead of bashing myself down about not achieving my big dream, I'm giving myself these small little dreams and they are so achievable that I feel successful. Yeah. So it's just, you're breaking it down in small steps. Like everything, everything that you want to do if you, okay, even if it's a big thing that you would like to accomplish one day, if you break it down to small steps that you can do in that direction, you call it small dreams. Uh, If you accomplish them, of course, then it's a lot easier to attain. It's it's less far away and it's really like, okay, now this is pretty close by. This is what I can do. This is what I can do on a basis. Yeah. If you um, look back at um, a few of the travels, I remember that before we met in Sri Lanka, you went to Nepal. Uh, you went there hiking all by yourself. Am I yeah. that? Yeah. You're all um, correct. <laughs> <laughs> Some people will, of course, right now say, oh my God, she's crazy. Say, no, 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 she's not that crazy. It's not that. You know, I am crazy. <laughs> okay, a little bit. I'll yeah. take it. <laughs> Um, I know as well that there are a lot of people will be reacting oh my god that would be a dream um, to do that Um, what was like the reason why you went there all by yourself on purpose Uh, you didn't go together with another group because you needed this time for yourself uh, uh, to work certain things what were your big takeaways from that by being basically a solitary in a strange country completely different culture and um, hiking these immense trails over there so about I can't even remember if it was like two years ago that I started traveling or three years ago that I started traveling I started traveling the whole of Asia on my own Mm. I uh, um, yeah it was when I was 25, so two years ago, I kind of hit like a quarter life crisis and I decided okay. to um, leave my little organic green grocer business that I had and sell my car and just get out of here. I needed a break from Cape Town and I just needed to be completely on my own and, you know, reconnect to myself without any ideas of who I am or what I am or anything. I just needed to set myself free. And I found that going traveling on my own was the only way I was going to do it because being with somebody else, you know, they're always changing your state of mind and you never truly do what you actually want to do. So I initially went to uh, Indonesia and um, then I came home and I was home for like two months and I was like, I need to get back out there. I can't be here. It's not serving me. And I decided to go to Sri Lanka um, where I was working on the retreats and on one of the retreats in Kandy at a place called Rugala, there was a guest that came on the retreat and he fell in love with my my food and my ethos and really wanted me to go and work with him in Nepal. And um because I was, you know, a gypsy 
and my visa was running out too, I decided, you know what, why not? I'm going to go live on a sustainable farm with 10 rehabilitated elephants. And um, yeah, it was never planned for me to go to Nepal. I've always had a desire to go to India, but I've never actually like had the balls to do it. And I was just like, no, I'm going to go to Nepal. You know, why not? Pretty close by. (laughs) It's close enough. And uh, I got to Nepal and I was like, this is it. You know, this is where the magic is. And I love hiking. I love being in the mountains. And, you know, in my past relationship, I realized that you actually cannot wait for anyone. You just have to do what you want to do and what your heart desires. And since I was still in my quarter life crisis, I decided for my birthday, I was going to kick my quarter life crisis out the window and embrace 20 sexy, which I <laughs> coined. I coined that term. I turned Perfect. 20 sexy. Yeah. So I turned 20 sexy on the top of the Nepali mountains. And uh, yeah, it was full moon. The sun was, the, the, the sky was lit. And I was completely on my own. And actually that night I found myself with six Nepali men that didn't speak English. Mm. And they were just singing Nepali songs and it was just beautiful. No one even knew it was my birthday. <laughs> Only you knew. And that was like Only a I knew. birthday. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. you keep these little things for ourselves. And this is like a very beautiful example as well from just like uh tuning in with uh your inner desires tuning in what your intuition but also what your heart tells you to do instead of listening too much to the mind um Mm. at the same time uh living in the moment like sitting on the top of a mountain somewhere and then just enjoying that moment for what it is and not having the need Mm. to say yeah it's my birthday today uh, yeah, because that wouldn't have added anything on there. It's just like being there and just enjoying it at that how it is, and not wanting to change it because it was probably meant to be like that. It was meant exactly meant to be like that. Yeah, it was the biggest challenge I've ever done in my entire life. Like I was watching videos the other day and every video I'm just, I'm dying. It's just incline after incline, more stairs, more stairs, more stairs, more stairs. And I mean, I climbed five times the height of Table Mountain. So it was five, nine, nine, five. And that's really, really, really high above sea level. Um, And I honestly don't know what I was thinking. I don't think I was really thinking. I didn't know what I was getting myself into. I didn't really, I just knew, you know, like everyone went, you can't go to Nepal and not go and see the Himalayas or not go and see, you know, Mount Everest base camp. So I just, you know, winged it. And even though it was so challenging, it was so rewarding at the same time. Like, Coming down was actually harder than going up. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I can, uh, I totally agree with that. Uh, Going down a mountain is uh, much harder on your body as going up. And going up looks like a big climb, but then you're going down. Then at the end of the day, you say from, oh, okay, (laughs) got it. Yeah, no, it's easier to go up. (laughs) Definitely a lot of easier. Um, 
And all of these experiences, you know, really helped me like challenge my mind because yeah. it really is like all in the mind at points where I just wanted to like, I'll give up and walk because initially, if you're really not having a good time, you can, can actually just walk down whenever you want, you know, yeah. it's not like you have to do the loop. And, um, so many times I was like, you know, what am I actually doing? Like, how much further am I going to walk? You walk like six to nine hours every day. And, Sounds very um, recognizable about the journey I took in Bulgaria. I think that's now five years ago. And yeah. there was moments that I said as well, from what are you doing here? Uh, walking from one side to, from Bulgaria to the other side. Why are you doing this? And mm. what are you like, doing what are, what are you trying to prove? Like, yeah. why? You know, yeah. and you go into that, like, mental state and yeah. you're just like, I'm actually not trying to prove anything. I'm just walking this beautiful mountain and being yeah. held by these mountains. And it was yeah. so what I needed at that time. It was absolute medicine in my life. It's very you know, you rewarding. Also don't, you don't realize. Like yeah. No, and you don't realize what you're doing when you're doing it or what you're actually going through. But I processed so much stuff, so much like baggage that was just holding yeah. me down. And I mm. just felt like it was just another success when I got to the top of that mountain. Like, you know, I was doubtful of myself and it just was like, don't give up. Like, don't give up on yourself. This just would be like as swimming. well, this is sort of like as well, a beautiful message for your future self that you can you yeah. have this in the back of your mind as a reminder is really like, if I can do that, uh, well, my future self right now knows that. So you just, yeah, it's with you for wherever you're going, wherever life is taking you. Mm. Um, that's the experience that you have sort of like in the pocket and you can continue uh, basically um yeah taking that information taking that courage um from there absolutely and that i really uh have the same thing what i did so many years ago back in bulgaria to mm. bring this with me in the rest of my life and the steps that i take like if you can yeah. do that then it's easy to walk like up a mountain over here it's like just an hour oh hike. for sure really like I don't even <laughs> I don't even bat an eyelid I mean I am yeah. feeling very knackered today I did a 12 kilometer walk with my friend and um <laughs> I was like Tanita this is nothing this is like half a day in what I was yeah. doing what I was doing in <laughs> Nepal like I was like shut up you can do it <laughs> so it's like you know now you know where the bar is you know where that yeah. limit is and you yeah. can you can hold on to that to like allow you to keep going forward yeah beautiful I love that it's really like <clears throat> um I think always these kinds of experiences that you can take with you and that you can basically tell your future self you already know mm. in the future really like you know I can do this kinds of thing and nothing is holding me back in that uh I've tried it one time so I can do it as many more times as I want yeah in curiosity is there any writer poet um I don't know a cineast or uh, a painter someone uh, who is inspiring you or has inspired you massively that you could have sit down right now have I don't know a tea, a chai, a turmeric latte, or a coffee with your choice in drink. <laughs> it can also be a glass a of wine or a beer. Uh, a Tchaikovsky. Okay, perfect. Yeah. So I don't know if you know what that is, but it's like a, a, a cappuccino with a shot of chai. So it's like a chai. Oh, coffee. nice one. Oh my God. Yeah, it's sensational. 
I have to try that one out. That's a good one. Okay, that's a new one. I'm really me. glad I moved out of Heart Bay and I'm in the CBD now because Heart Bay was like every day I would just go and get a Tchaikovsky. It was like, you know, blood pumping through my veins. <laughs> Okay, right now you have to go for a little while before you're going to get that. But if there is this person, uh, who would that be? Um, what would you ask him or her? So I, I, it's not necessarily a poet or a writer, but because my life journey at the moment is really about delving and connecting so deeply to nature, yeah. I, I honestly would love to have a Tchaikovsky with David Attenborough. And why? To just why because yeah. I just love his whole ethos in life and I mm. love how he is not afraid to say what is actually happening to this earth mm. and I feel like you know the majority of people it's not that they want to do harm to the earth but it's just that they're just not awakened they don't yeah. know how destructive we are as a human race and I feel like he's igniting so many eco-warriors around the world you know and he's an opening up a platform for people to relate yeah you know and he's making it relatable and he's he's allowing this whole conscious collective movement to be like a topic of discussion and you know to really let people see what is under the ocean like no one knows like no. it's so majestical and nature in general and we all just like very i i believe that a lot of us are all just like naive about what is actually going on around us and yeah. he's like an educational you know wise whisperer and um yeah well, I just love his work I love his purpose on this in, on this world right now I love the that you mentioned him uh what was very interesting um a couple of days ago, I had a conversation with Naki. She's uh, going to be, uh, well, she was on the show as well. So she'll be the week ahead of you. And what is interesting is that she also vegan, uh, like fighting for the earth and doing everything like in that whole eat is from, you know, taking care of Mother Earth, uh, Pachamama. And she was mentioning Jane Goodall. And she wanted to have a question or a conversation sitting down with yeah. her. Now, my question is for David Attenborough, um, who has been uh, in my life, basically, because I remember already as a kid that I was watching his documentaries mm. and that voice that is so particular. What were so you... prominent. Definitely. <laughs> oh, really like, so when all of a sudden that he came back again a couple of weeks ago, uh, he came all of a sudden back again into, I don't know, through the social media channels or YouTube. And uh, like, oh my God, yeah, that voice. And I was just intrigued by everything that he had to say. But what will you ask him right now? Is there anything in specific? Probably just any advice that he could give me to allow me to just ignite more eco-warriors. Like mm. what is the simplest, easiest, most effective things that we could do or that I could teach that yeah. he thinks would have the biggest impact? Yeah. Because it's not, you know, it's like this whole thing when it comes to veganism. It's a very um, passionate topic for me because initially, like I explained, I went vegan for health reasons. but after a couple of years of being very focused on my health, I realized that I was actually 
it was a lot deeper than the food that was on my plate. Mm. And it, and I will always be, I will always be grateful to veganism for, you know, starting this path of my life. But I am 150% an environmental vegan right now. Like I don't actually even classify myself as vegan because I don't like the, I don't like to be put in a box. And I feel like the minute you tell someone that you're a vegan, basically they put out their own mind what they think a vegan is or what they think a vegan isn't. And I find it's got quite a harsh term, quite a harsh energy around it. Being plant-based is a lot more like um, gentle. But for me, being an environmental enthusiast is basically what I am now, is just to, you know, help people realize that it's not about not having milk in your coffee or it's not about not eating meat. It, it's this style so many, so much more deeper than just your food, you know. Yeah. And if I can be, I find that I'm a way bigger inspiration to the day to day person being an environmental enthusiast as opposed to being vegan. Mm. So my heart will always lie in veganism purely because of the relationship that I have mm. gone through with it. But that's why David Attenborough is also like my biggest inspiration is just because whether you're vegan or not, of course, eating less meat is the biggest, the easiest way that you can make an impact on this earth. But if, you know, eating meat or dairy products is what keeps you going, there's so many other things that you can do, just so many other, you know, places that you can get involved into or volunteer or anything to get involved in the nature and the ocean. And yeah, that's why I will forever be grateful for him and and his purpose in this life too, because it's really allowed me to be more gentle on myself. You know, I also went through my harsh vegan phases and very intense person. And now I feel like everyone is extremely interested in me and my ethos in life because I'm not yeah. so focused on being vegan yeah it's more like you you phrase it differently so it's yeah. uh, probably becoming better accessible for a lot of people it's easier accessible for, sure. for people it's more relatable so, and that's what yeah. I'm finding in my journey in this life the more relatable things are with people the more you have in common and the easier the conversation is and the better yeah flow of the energy is you know it's like there's nothing more inspiring than having something in common with somebody Mm. else you know it just automatically the guard goes down and you feel like you can relate and it's an open space and people feel safe and held and that's what my message is across now you know I want people to realize that we're all in this together and it's not about me sitting here doing this or you sitting there and doing that it's about us coming together and doing yeah, it's it. the whole community it's like you know we're yeah all, we're all connected anyway so um there is the more and more people that start to realize that that there is a lot more uh, connection uh, between uh, people all over the world and that is I think the beauty of the time that we're living in right now that there is like an involvement there is like all of a sudden very much more people that are uh, are waking up and are becoming yeah. more alert for what is going on around them to and And like, I do feel like with us humans, you know, our minds are so intense sometimes that a lot of people feel if they can't be completely zero plastic, that they're not making a difference. People don't, you know, everyone puts so much pressure on themselves to be this perfect person. But 
perfect is never perfect and enough is never enough. It's no, no, no. Just start somewhere. Start with little things that you can do. What is that are achievable right for now. you and yeah. that you, you are going to succeed in and that you can make, can feel like you're making a difference, you know? Yeah. And I think that that is the most important message to get across to people is that everything really does make a difference. Literally everything. Everything. Is that as well, um, to close today's conversation off, is that as well the advice you would like to give for the listeners uh, as in uh, doing your small things is adding or contributing uh, towards our environment, which we all share together, or is it something else you would like to give them? It's a combination of realizing that by focusing your energy on protecting the earth, you will actually benefit from it yourself. And it will allow you to delve into your own personal healing journey. So, and whatever that may be, you know, everyone's healing journey is so different. But I do find that with a lot of the, the people that I talk to, is that trauma is not your fault, but healing is your responsibility. And then the same goes to the earth. You know, we have destroyed the earth, but it's no one's fault, but we are now responsible to yeah. help the earth heal and get back to a state where we can all live in complete harmony with the earth. And that essentially is what veganism is about. Yeah. You know, it's not necessarily about the animals or you. It's about living in harmony with the earth, you know, like permaculture, just ecosystems, all of us working together. So, you know, the world would be a much, a much better place if everyone just focused on themselves a little bit and delved into themselves and listened to their internal voice and just deepened their connection to nature instead of, you know, thinking about other people or other things or making other people yeah. happy and other things happy is just, you know, falling in love with feeling alive and going to places where you can explore yourself beyond the self who you think you are, you know, yeah. challenging yourself and accepting that not everything that weighs you down is yours to carry. And that was a massive part of my journey. I felt very very sad for animals I felt very very sad for this earth I was very very angry I couldn't really understand why I was going through what I was going through and why other people couldn't see what I was seeing like why was I feeling isolated for doing something that was good but it was the the smaller picture that I was seeing you know I was feeling attacked but it's because I was also attacking myself and I was restricting Mm -hmm. my own self and once I decided to just let myself free it all it all yeah. you know came right came now to... it's almost like you did a step back you see more like the bird's eye view and um you see the bigger picture and you see the part that you are in this picture and that everybody has their own little uh, part in that and everybody has their own responsibility and it's from them to acting upon them even Every tiny little effort or step is uh, one that counts. And that is perfect as it is at that point for that person. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's beautiful. I am going to thank you a lot for this conversation. I really enjoyed it. Um, Me too. So nice to see you. <laughs> <laughs> it's super nice. It's really like, oh, 
the crazy world of, uh, you know, the digital crazy world, but I'm very grateful that we are being able to connect, even if we're in mm. such a distance and it feels like yeah. yesterday, although it has been a long time ago, <laughs> really like what happened? It feels like yesterday. I was <laughs> yes. sitting in the pool and you were there teaching the yoga by the pool. It's yeah. so vivid, you know? It's very vivid, <laughs> completely crazy. Um, where can people find you? Uh, in the description, I will, of course, uh, mention your uh, Instagram handle. Is there anything else that you would like to have mentioned there? I, I predominantly am on Instagram. I'm very active on Instagram, but I yeah. do have a website, okay. www.herbieraw.com. So my okay. website uh I, you can email me and we can chat and stuff too if Instagram isn't your favorite. That is perfect. Thank you so much for today. And Pleasure. Thank I'm you. I'm going to greet you with a big namaste. Thank you. Magic um, and gratitude. Yes. Perfect. <laughs>